Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for round 13 of the AFL season, heading into round 13 of the AFL season, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie Dads. I'm going to be running you through all things Supercoach related on this fine Tuesday evening. Uh, we're heading into the week week two of the buys. It's a bit of a reprieve. We've only got the Cats and the Suns. On the buy, so most most teams will be looking pretty ship shape going into this weekend. Uh, joining me, as always, uh, one of the goats of the Super Coach game. He's uh, overall runner up in twenty twenty one. His team is looking in fine, Nick, this season. Uh, he's Nico, coach of Lovesky FC. Nico, uh, you're looking resplendent as always in a bit of Newcastle gear and a bit of big freeze gear. You're heading along to the MCG on on Monday, Arvo, to watch the the D's and the Pies. Hello, Eddie. Uh, unfortunately, not. I'm going to be in. Sunny Albury or cold Albury, oh, I should say. Lovely Albury. Um, yeah, for the weekend. So uh, over to see the in-laws. It's kind of a bit of a, a tradition to get over there for the long uh, King's birthday weekend. Mm. Fantastic. Great local footy scene over in Albury. I hope we've got a couple of listeners out there. I was there a couple of weeks ago. That Albury Tigers home ground is, uh, is something special. Yeah, Nico, before we get into all the AFL-related stuff, uh, as a bit of a Premier League nut yourself, I did want to just ask your thoughts on the, the Ange Postacoglu appointment at Tottenham. I feel like this is a really momentous occasion for Australian soccer or football as it might start to become known. It is huge for uh, for Australian soccer, absolutely. Um, look, he, he's just proven himself, hasn't he? So, like, what he's done in Scotland, um, he's he brings the fans on board um, quickly and um, he just gets results. So, whatever the guy's doing, he's, he's doing the right thing, but... Geez, it's a tough gig, Tottenham. It's a tough gig. <laughs> I mean, it's a in in theory a top six club, right? But it's uh, in practice they just haven't had a lot of success recently. They're kind of oh. kind of the bombers of the Premier League, wouldn't you say, Nico? What if Harry Kane leaves too? Like, I mean, oh, gee whiz. Yeah. Look, I wish him all the best, but oh, tough. Well, let's get into the the real footy stuff of the weekend. And I did see some commentary on Twitter this week saying that people don't like to hear about other teams' results in their podcast, but I'm going to buck that trend. I, I like hearing, I think it gives a bit of context to, to where we're both at for the season. It kind of informs what strategy we're going to be taking, you know, what our opinions are on certain players. So yeah, give us give us a little rundown of where you're at, Nico. Where, what, how do you score over the first week of the buyers? How are you feeling about your team? Yeah, so I scored 1,930. So I got a nice little 500 plus rank boost. So I'm into the top 2K for the first time this year. So trending back upwards uh, again. Five out of five league wins. Uh, I do have 11 trades. So I'm not like it's okay. It's okay. I've still got three spots to fill. Uh, not doom and gloom in in that uh, situation there, but it's still it's still going to be a little bit tight coming into uh, or coming out of the buys rather with. I'm probably looking at maybe having four trades coming out of the buys and with nine rounds to go coming out of the buys, it's not ideal because, yeah, as we've seen, there's a lot of suspensions and one-week injuries here and there. So yeah. I'm very interested to just to clarify what you mean by the three spots to fill. So are, those, are we talking pure rookies in those spots that you've got to fill or are these the sort of Will Day, Stephen Cornelio types that, you, that you're looking to upgrade? 
no, so I'm not including luck. I'd, I'd count that as luxury upgrading. Yeah. Um, so I've still got uh, Weddle, um, JVR, and Ford okay. uh, on field at the moment. So yeah. there's obviously some some fake premiums that we'll probably touch on, like Zebul, Sheezel, Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Canelio, your boy. <laughs> and Canelio. Oh, how frustrating. I mean, they're all these guys... I mean, they're getting enough of the ball. They're just not using it well. I, I was I was looking through this for my for my weekly article on the SC Playbook website, and uh, between Cornelio and Green, they had two hundred and sixteen AFL fantasy points and something like one sixty five Super Coach points. So, getting plenty plenty of the ball. I, I really do think that GWS midfield just looks a bit out of sorts without Josh Kelly in there. I think he he brings that little element of class that the rest of them don't have. Uh, normally, they can just give the handball out to him. Instead, they happen to sort of hurry the ball on the boot, and it doesn't really fit the structure, unfortunately. Uh, my team went eighteen eight six for the week. Really, really happy with that. Seamus Mitchell laid out, meant I was only fielding 18 players, so did have to cop Ford's 47 or whatever he ended up with. Uh, so overall, pretty happy with that one. Set up quite nicely going into the rest of the buyers. Uh, up to 9,000 for the season. So this is my first uh, first week inside the top 10K for the year. Uh, feels, feels validating, Nico. Um, it's been a rough start. Uh, it's good to sort of get back on level pegging. I feel like I'm on the up, which is great. Uh, before we get into the, the meat of the podcast, uh, I've been liking this year keeping track of our most and least valuable players of the week awards. Basically, just want to give you guys a, give you a chance to, to give a player a serve or give them a bit of, bit of love, uh, depending on how well they went for the week, whether they're in your team or not. So I'm going to start us off with my MVP votes of the week. One vote goes to Tom Stewart. Just been an absolute pleasure owning him the last two weeks. I, I can't for the life of me figure out why opposing teams aren't manning him up when he just sits loose in defense. It, it's completely baffling. Uh, I don't understand it at all. There was some great vision on the couch last night that showed just he's just floating around wherever he wants and, and chopping out wherever he pleases, which is fantastic. Zach Merritt got the two. Uh, I think the odds of him not getting the three votes after his first quarter on uh, Sunday where he was about 84 super coach points at quarter time were pretty slim. Uh, but he did tail off a little bit after that. Played a played a, a rare selfless game from Zach Merritt. So from a bomber's perspective, I loved it. And then three votes. It can't go to anyone else, Nico. I think you know where I'm going to go with this one. <laughs> Big Briggsy from uh, from GWS. That was an absolute treat to watch. I haven't been that ecstatic for a long time. I don't think when he kicked that last quarter goal on the left, uh, gave him about 35 super coach points in the in the blink of an eye. That was absolutely brilliant. He's looking like. I mean, from here, really anything else, anything he does from here is a bonus. Uh, I'm not expecting hundreds every week, um, but the fact that he was able to outscore Jared Witts by 35 points over the weekend um, was just amazing. Uh, really, really felt good. What about you? Where have you gone uh, for your most valuable player votes? Yeah, so I've given one to JVR. He's um, Ooh, love popped that. up with 106, um, which is, you know, I was going to trade him. Last minute decision to hold on to him, so... Really wrapped about that. Two to Zach Merritt, as you said, was 100 at, at half time. Had the captain on him, just happy days. Then Liam Shield decides that he's going to do a job on him, and that that hurt a little bit, but you can't go wrong with with a 137 captain. And three to Kieran Briggs, yes. as we've spoken about. Points, cash gen, tick, tick. And uh, I even called that match-winning goal too on, on our thread. So did, I was, you I was did pretty indeed. happy about that when when that went through. Probably less than thirty seconds before he actually kicked it. I reckon you popped up in the chat, and gee, was oh, it a good goal too? It was so disappointing that it wasn't the winning goal because he would have kept those points. So he ended up getting you know 
he ended up losing about 15 of those points, uh, which is really annoying. But hey, 128, brilliant. Oh, it, was, it was great. Um, I think most of the SC Playbook squad ended up jumping on him in the end. I think it was uh, it was Charlie, the Chief, and, and, and Bandit. Uh, who didn't end up getting him. I think of all of us that, that did, we were very, very happy with what he was able to produce. Um, we are going to touch on him probably a little bit later on. Uh, on the lesser scale of things, uh, I've already mentioned him, but Tom Green gets one vote for my least valuable player of the week award. Just a, yeah, just as I said, um, you don't often see him get 115 dream team and, and sort of 90-odd uh, super coach, what, what he ended up with. Not the greatest display from him and, and a crucial loss for the Giants, really. They, they should have got that job done. Mason Redmond gets two votes. Uh, not not worried about it from a role perspective. He kind of got sat on by Phoenix Spicer for most of the game. He was doing a bit of a job on him. Um, but yeah, a little disappointing to, to come up with a 72 after after what I, a few of my big calls on the pod and in my articles last week. And then three goes to Cogs, who I'll be surprised if he doesn't feature in your votes as well. But yeah, been a frustrating season from Cogs. I mean, what, what's going on? He's got the role. He's just not good enough anymore. Is that is that the crux of it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's just, he's a pain in my ass. He, he has, he has been for the last couple of years. He drives me crazy. I'd love to do I, a bit If I of, trade him, he'll get 160. Definitely. There's love, no question about it. I'd love to do a bit of an, an Apple F in our group chat and see how many times you've brought up Cogs. So the, the average would be about four times a week, I reckon, either in pure ecstasy or just absolutely hating on him. Uh, what about your least valuable player well, of the week votes? He's not in there. So you're surprised. Amazing. I'll give him one to Simpson just because people may have held on to him and he was the sub and he got three and he's killed any money that, you know, you had in him and um, he's not going to play for the rest of the buys. So um, it's pretty uh, least valuable in my eyes. Two to Jay-Z. Yes. I think uh, a 59 kick two out in the full from kickouts, like, they were dreadful just, kicks. Match losing kicks. They lost were. every single contest that I saw. Um, just looked woeful, utterly woeful. So I don't know what it is. If it's the Aaron Hall effect or or what's going on, he just needs a rest. Um, but yeah, he's not looking good. Three to Jordan Degoe, fifty-five, mm. looking like an Uber premium. Drops a fifty, gets suspended for three weeks. <laughs> This was, <laughs> this was the Jordan Dugowie experience wrapped up in one game, wasn't it, Nico? I mean, uh, yeah. a smart a smart betting man would have probably twigged that leading into a buy, there was perhaps something brewing in the Dugowie suspension stakes. Uh, as a, Yeah, what did you think? I mean, we'll, we'll get oh. to it in detail later, but he's ended up getting three weeks from the tribunal, which I think you and I, on balance, agree is probably a fair result for yeah. that. Um, yeah, what did you make of the incident? And did that, was that sort of, was that the result? I mean, his poor score, was that a result of him sort of being affected by that or was he nah. heading that way anyway? No, nah, he, he just wanted a, an extended holiday in Bali, I think, um, in the mid-season break. So, mm. look, oh, look, I don't think there was a lot of malice in the incident. No. It, was, it was a bump. He got him high. He gets three weeks. Um, to me, it's just ABC. Um, so... I didn't see it being any more than three, personally. I don't think that's having Collingwood glasses on or Collingwood hat on or, or whatever. Um, I mean, Pickett got two weeks when he used himself as a projectile and mm. nearly decapitated someone earlier in the year. He got two weeks. So, look, I think three weeks is fair. I think they're over-policing the sling tackle at the moment, and that's probably what is sort of weighing into people's thoughts around, oh, this, this person got one week for a tackle. Like, how, how could he just get three weeks for a head high bump so um but look i still think it's a right call 
There just wasn't a heat to talk about out of the weekend, I think, was the major. It was Dugowie's major issue. There wasn't sort yeah. of any massive storylines, and this is what and sort of captivated people. Whenever he fucks up, it's a story, isn't it? Exactly. Like, people do like to sink the boots in, myself included. I'm not going <laughs> to not gonna exclude myself from that. I do really enjoy sinking the boots into Dugowie. But, yeah, that's very disappointing if you're an owner of him because, uh, I mean, it up until that point, it had been a great pick. I mean, we, we do sort of say these things. Uh, in retrospect, it's easy to say, you know, he was going to do something like this. But uh, all the facts at this point were pointing to him being uh, an uber midfield primo for, for the remainder of the year, which makes it all the more disappointing. Sorry, Rayman. Very sorry to Rainman. Uh, now, it's been a long season, a long AFL season already, and if your Supercoach team has been stinking it up and you've been dreaming about cocktails on the beach in Mexico, eating gelato in Rome, or not being able to remember half your time in Vegas with the boys, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice and help, can help you get there. Whatever you want to do and wherever you'd like to go, you can speak to the boys today about how you can get quick and easy access to cash at the lowest rate possible so you can book that last-minute flight today. Message them on their Instagram handle, at Pat and George at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on the SC Playbook website for their email, phone contact, or QR code details if that's easier. And please remember, if you do mention the SC Playbook podcast, then you won't pay their usual $129 fee, which is a great deal for us. And thank you again to Pat and George for their continued support of the SC Playbook brand. Uh, big questions, Nico. A couple of things to get into this week. As always, it's, it's I mean, it's a bye week. So this is really where you make your money as a, as a super coach player. This is what you look forward to. This is what you should be planning for for most of the season. So before we really get stuck into uh, the specific meat of the, the, the chat this week, I just want to, wanted to find out, you know, how you're placed with these buys. Um, what's your strategy been? We obviously didn't have you on last week, so I haven't had a real chance to pick your brain yet. What, what's been your thinking going into these, these buy rounds this year? So I want to be even, um, and by that I mean even number of premiums each week, even number of players each week. So I had 19 last week, and that was 14 premiums uh, and had a good score. And, and it's important to remember that it's a collective score at the end of the day. So add up your round 12, 13, 14, 15 um, points. I mean, that's what we're looking for. It's a collective. Uh, round 13, obviously, everyone's going to be going to be fine i've got 17 what i'm counting premiums playing um and i just need i mean it could even be 18 i'll probably count briggs um there we go i've got eight there he is briggsy so primo i've got 18 on field it's best 18 i mean i've got weddell jvr chincotta all you know potentially not even going to score for me this week so round 14 is my tricky one at the moment i've got 15 playing and i can't field briggs that week, yeah. Um, so that's, that's because you annoying. did. That's because you went Darcy to Wits last week. Is that correct? correct. Yeah. Yep. I went Darcy to Wits and I brought in Briggs as a as a money maker. And round fifteen, I've got fourteen players playing at the moment. So it's not dire, but one injury or one suspension, and I might be playing short. So basically, there's a bit of work to do around the edges, I guess. You, you, you got the shape of things kind of sorted, and now it's about just uh, just sharpening those those edges going into round 14 and 15. Do you know how long I look at my spreadsheet and think about this spreadsheet? And it's just like a Rubik's Cube I'm trying to solve. The problem is I've got too many dead rookies. So I've got Roberts, Madden, Constable, Sharp, Fleeton. Like if Sharp comes in this week, it'll be a godsend and I'll be fine. Uh, but I just need one of these dead rookies to, to pop up. Davey, these kind of players. 
that was what made the Briggs trade really attractive to me last week because it meant I could hold on to Ashcroft uh, for the rest of the buyers and flick Drury instead um, and still be able to do the upgrades that I wanted to do. So that was a really attractive move for me last week. I think I'm in a similar spot to you, Nico, as, as I think most teams will be. I mean, this week, it's basically not a buy round. I mean, Tom Stewart, Noah Anderson, Matt Rowe, they're probably the only rookies, they're the only primos you're really going to be missing. Which, um, yep. And yeah, wits as well. And then ne- next week is where it's really going to get tough. With with I think the Hawth- Hawthorne have their buy, which is going to be crucial. A lot of rookies missing that. Uh, that's going to be playing into my trade strategy this week. How hard are you going to go on your trades this week, Nico? Noting that you know it's not a huge primo crop coming off the uh, the round twelve buy. How aggressively do you trade this week to try and get yourself into position? I always plan on using one trade. Um, but I'm $2,000 short of, of what I wanted to do, and that was going Weddle to Lockie Neal. So I had a little bit of a bank, and I knew that Weddle had to score well, and he, he probably scored two points less than what I needed him to. Um, really disappointing in, in that in that um, case, uh, personally. Neal is the obvious one yep. who I'd be looking at bringing in. I don't think he's a complete must-have. I, I think you can totally wait till next week and not trade this week. Um his break-even is not ridiculously low. He might go up 10 or 15K um, this week. So, I mean, it is a, a nice matchup against the Hawks. That That's the only sort of caveat and the only really reason I might flick someone like Jay-Z to him. Um, and then that just gives me another leg up for round 15 where I'll, I'll have that 15th player there, that, that little buffer um, that I might need because um, I, I do, as we've touched on, I do need to probably bring in three players for round 14. I think Neil is the obvious guy coming off the bye who who looks like you, you probably should be trying to get him get him in if you do have a spare trade and some cash. What are the, what are the sort of the other options around? I mean, it's it's sort of St Kilda and Frio are, are probably the most relevant teams. So we're looking at yep. a Jack Sinclair, a Jack Steele, mm-hmm. yep. Brayshaw, Sarong, Luke yep. Ryan, those sort of guys. Is there anyone else that, that's kind of in the mix for you? No, that's pretty much it. Eddie, I think Luke Ryan, I don't really trust. He's got like, what, three or four 80s in a row, something like that. Um, Steele, I don't really trust. I, I want to see him do well this Thursday night against the Swans. I want to see him moving well. I want to see him tackling uh, before I bring him in. Uh, hopefully, the, you know, that buy and that rest has done him the world of good. Um, but I don't want to be guessing that it has. I, I want to see that it has before I bring him in. Lockie Neal is the obvious one for me. It's funny, isn't it, with the buyers that it, it is so hard to figure out. I mean, it feels like something that we should have been able to wrap our heads around by now. But I'm, I'm similar to you. It's sort of as soon as you think you've, you've found one vein of intelligence, it kind of you, you're two steps forward, four steps back, and you're suddenly back to the beginning. It's, it's bizarre. An extra I can't... One. There's an extra one this year. It's thrown everything out. Uh, that, I don't know. that must be but, it. Yeah. We'll we haven't got the three trades. I mean, I just I don't know why it's not. It shouldn't be. So, it should be so much easier than this, but it just isn't. Um, yeah. One bloke that we that we haven't mentioned just yet who. I wanted to talk about quite early in the pod because he's been popping up in my thought processes a lot is Clayton Oliver. Um, he's likely playing on this Monday by all accounts. He's going to come back into the side. He's had that hammy and been out two weeks. I mean, you know, you're kind of shaking your head at me yeah. as if you're 100% sure. And, you know, I agree with you. He didn't train today. Okay. That's some good. That's a good piece of intel. Um, mm. if, if, he, if he is playing Monday, how do you approach, like, just from a, not even watching. Like you're not going to you're not nah. going to sort of try and get him in this week. Not at all. No. No. He's got a break even of 145. 
Collingwood limit midfielders, opposition midfielders, pretty well this year at least. Um, he might get 150, but his price stays the same. And then you know for sure that he's back. And so he's got, you'd have to think that even if he doesn't play this week, they've got the round 14 by, he's going to come back, he's going to have to come back into the team after that. Is he a must trade in? Do you need to, will you need to have Clayton Oliver for the back nine weeks of the season? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's a must have this week against Collingwood, but I do think he's a must have post buy. Interesting. That's for, for, for a lot of people, myself included. That's going to be a trade in, a trade out, and a trade back in again. Something feels something feels yeah. a bit off about that. I don't know. I don't, just don't know if I can bring myself to do that. Yeah, at least it's not someone like a Jack Steele. Like it's it's the prem the premier midfielder, or if not one of the top two premier midfielders in the comp. So I feel a bit better about it that way. It's not. I don't think it's a risk. I think you're just bringing in one of the best players in the competition. I think the other thing that plays into the advantage of that as well is it's not it's not kind of like you're making up ground on the competition by bringing him back in. You're actually getting a bit of a head start. Whereas, you know, for the for this first two months of the season, I was, you know, trying to chase my tail and, and get him in because I could feel that the top thousand teams all had him and you sort of had to get him in just to be competitive. Yeah. Whereas I think at this point, it's almost a bonus bringing him in. So I think I agree with you. I think that he is going to have to come in, but it's, it's not an essential point for this, for know, this next couple of weeks at least. Do you know why I missed training today? Why? Infected blister. I don't, I oh. don't know where. <laughs> oh, Lord. It yeah. sounds awful. So that's something that's going to be assessed day to day, they said. So I don't know. Who knows? He might not play. Putting my conspiracy hat on for a second, that feels like it would be a really convenient excuse to rule him out that sort of isn't hamstring related. <laughs> uh, we'll have yeah. to wait and see. I'm, in, I'm intrigued by that team selection. I, I think there's still a few question marks for this week around him. It's going to be a fantastic, fantastic game. Uh, Jordan Goey, uh, we have touched on him briefly. Is there any chance that you can hold him for those three weeks? I'm sort of thinking of the Rainmans of the world. Um, it's it's sort of it's almost a month. You're going to have nah. to hold him. They haven't had their buy yet. He, he probably has to go, doesn't he? Yep, yep. It's four weeks that he'll miss. Um, it's 40k to get him to kneel if you don't have him. Yeah, you just have to trade him. Yeah, I think you have to as well. Uh, we won't spend too much time on that. This is this is really the topic that I wanted to talk about today, Nico, because uh, sort of as we as we've discussed, we're running a little short on cash overall. Um, everyone, every team's probably got at least two to three rookie spots that need to be filled. You know, I've got Wardlaw, Ashcroft, um, Weedle slash Mitchell, uh, Eddie Ford as well, and then you know you've also got your Will Days, your Canelios your Sheezles, your Zeebles, et cetera. Um, and the problem is that we don't have any rookies coming through. Now, normally this wouldn't be such an issue. You'd, you'd be able to downgrade someone, upgrade someone else. But I think it's it's, it's kind of essential to, to to try and find a little bit of a bargain in, in some of these positions. I just wanted to get your thoughts firstly on, on how essential it is at this stage of the season to be bringing in, you know, what I've classified as quotation marks best at their position, guys. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a Sicily, uh, an English, a McRae, Petrarca, Butters, you know, they're probably going to be, a lot of people don't have them and they're probably going to be the top two or three players at their position. How essential is it to get those guys versus shopping around for a bit of a discount? Yeah, so, I mean, we've, we've spoken about sort of upgrade cadence um, in the past. You, if you're going to be bringing in the best at their position, you're pretty much going to be playing paying close to top dollar and that's going to affect what you can do next week. Um, so I think in that situation and the fact that we are cash strapped, we are trade um, strapped, we need to be thinking value. 
we need to be identifying the people who are underpriced, who might have a, a role change for the better or have, I guess, the, the potential to be much, much better uh, and, and bringing these guys in and, and hoping that they turn it around for us. I agree. Let's get into a few of the options that we've got here. The first one um, with, with, the, with the defensive line, as usual, we'll start there. Um, I want to try and make a case for Jordan Ridley here, Nico. So mm. Rid started the year, he had one ton in his first seven games, then got knocked out against Port, um, had an 18 in his in his rolling average. Since coming back from that head knock in round 10, he's gone 122, 130, 102. Um, he's been absolutely flying. His his season average is only 89, uh, but that really sort of belies how good he's been in recent times. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's he's pretty much as cheap as you're going to get him. His break-even's 45. He's priced at just 475K. I like Rids. I just don't know if I can do it. Who's he played the last three weeks? Uh, Richmond, a, West Richmond, Coast. West Coast, North. North Melbourne. Now, the counter to that is that they still play West Coast and North again in mm. the remaining fixture. They've got you know other friendly games against GWS, Sydney. Uh, they play um, Carlton and Frio in the next two. Uh, I'm not saying uh, Richmond's useless, by the way, but they are a good team to play against Supercoach-wise. Definitely. Now... I just uh, the th- the thing that worries me is I'm not seeing that he's got had any sort of role tweak since the start of the season when he was putting up 70s and 80s. It seems to me like he's just hit a rich vein of form, which you know form is fickle. You know roles yeah. roles are permanent for the most part, and and form is a bit more fickle. <laughs> <laughs> for the purposes of the discussion, they are. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I like it, but I don't Ooh. love it. I had him at the start of the year and I traded him out and he's not the kind of player that I want to be trading back in again. No, that Whereas would feel very Oliver, scummy, wouldn't Oliver it? is, yeah. So, look, it's a pass from me. But, look, he's well-priced. Um, I know that, you know, people like Rayman have taken the plunge on him and have been rewarded the last few weeks. So, yeah, definitely risky. Who else have you got on your underpriced defensive primo list? Bailey Dale pops out um, yep. significantly from the page. So... He's excelled since uh, JJ um, tore his um, hammy off the bone, and he's put up a, a 141, a 108, and 116 um, since that JJ injury. The other thing is that Richards is now out as well, so yep. he's going to be having a monopoly of the kick-ins. He's going to be having the monopoly of the ball in the back half. The caveat or the worry is that he's got the round 15 buy and I reckon there might be some tags coming potentially even starting from this week with Burn Jones I think yep. paying him some attention yeah I completely agree with the worry about a tag I, I don't know if you can get him in before his buy but the problem is at that point you're probably going to be paying top dollar yeah. for him he's, he's break even 79 I mean even with a tag he's going to hit that this week they then play uh, North Melbourne at Marvel in round 14, which is just going to be a points fest. Mm. Uh, got a really friendly draw home. Um, played GWS, Richmond, Hawthorne, West Coast in their last month, which is uh, about as spicy as it gets from a draw perspective. Um, he burnt me last year. Uh, and mm. I know you can't hold grudges in Supercoach, but he burnt me. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I don't think I can bring him in again. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really tough one. I, I like I like Dale a lot. Um, I think if you're looking for a defensive 
primo to bring in at this point. He'd probably be right at the top of my list. Yeah, he's fun to watch too because he gets so bored and loves kicking a goal as well. He really does. Um, anyone else in defense that, that tickles your fancy at all or, or are we better off moving on to the midfielders? No, let's move on. Um, I wanted to – well, one of your Collingwood boys is, is first off the uh, the first cab off the rank for mine. Um, I've really liked Tom Mitchell's game over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. To go out, it's a bit more midfield time. I mean, it's not like he wasn't playing a, a crap load of midfield time anyway. Uh, but, yeah, as a Collingwood – as one of the closest Collingwood watchers we've got, what have you made of Tom Mitchell's season so far? Yeah, maybe a bit more responsibility with, with Geordie out uh, for the next three weeks. Um, I just think – that this weekend against West Coast was a spike game. He had 30 touches, 13 tackles, which is huge um, and great to see. Kicked the goal, but once again, like it's against West Coast. I think he's pretty much going to be a flat 100 player um, from here onwards. Maybe, you know, the odd 110 or 120, but yeah, I think for me, I, I think I'm passing, um, to be honest. Interesting. I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I went into this thinking I'd be the opposite, but um, I'm very bullish on Tom mm. Mitchell because the consistency is is just is off the charts. I mean, he's had one bad game against Brisbane at the yep. Gabba. Every other game, basically, his, his low score apart from that is an 88 yeah. against Sydney. Um, yeah, like you said, a 1-3-2 against West Coast. Make of that what you will. The fact is that Dugowie was down and out in that game for whatever reason and, and Mitchell stepped up. Yep. It was fantastic. He's not kicking goals, so it's not like you have to rely on him pushing forward to kick goals to inflate that score. He's just getting lots of possessions and he uses it well. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I don't see anything drastically changing and he's pretty much, you're going to get what you pay for in this situation. So he's 530k and that that's probably about 100 average. So yeah. I don't know. I just don't see significant improvement. Yeah, that's all. I think that's fair. Just, mm. just the only other point that I'd make on him is that um, looking through some of his high scores against some of his upcoming opponents yeah. is, is daunting. He's got a one seven one against Melbourne. Not the same. He, he's got a one fifty against Freo. He's got a one nine two against Carlton. I mean, <laughs> this guy was a beast. <laughs> yeah. If he's even a fraction of that at this Past point in his career, I think there is important. I think, uh, he, I think, yeah, he's a different player. I think now. Um. Yeah, and a different role at Collingwood as well. So he was definitely more of... I mean, he got the most possession, most possessions ever, like in a season and all this kind of talk when he was, he was putting up those numbers. So completely different. A guy that we have brushed over when we talk about players that have already had their buys uh, is the Chad yes. from Sydney. He is priced at 552K. He's got a break-even of 73. Um, he's been... Uh, magnificent in the last three rounds, especially. I think he's uh, in the top 20 highest averaging players in the comp over the last three rounds. Over his last five rounds, he's 115 points. Uh, he's destroyed North at Marvel, um, as most people tend to do. Uh, good scores against Frio, good scores against Carlton, good, sc- good scores against GWS. The thing that worries me, Nico, is the floor. Um, yeah. And he's got a 59 in his, in his record this season. He's got a 61. Uh, he's got a couple of 80s. I like it from a high upside perspective. We've all seen what sort of ceiling the Chad has when he's up and going. Sydney is sort of rounding back into form. They've been a bit out of sorts to start this season. It feels too speculative to me unless you're trying to really push for something, unless you really, for some reason, don't like Brayshaw, Sarong or Steele. 
Um, but I think if, I think if you have even a slight glimmer of hope in those guys, I'd probably be leaning that way instead and, and maybe paying up a little bit extra if you can. What do you think? Yeah, look, I... I 100% agree with with what you've said. I think his floor is just a little bit too low, probably because he's still prone to a hard tag and, and still doesn't know how to get himself out of that uh, and still, you know, help the team. He's capable. We know he's got a big ceiling as well. This time last year, he sort of went on a bit of a heater, um, put up like a 150, a 148, a 110. So these are scores straight after the buy but then went 69, 87, 77, 47. Obviously had a brilliant grand, grand final um, when they got smashed. But um, yeah, I think it's very speculative. I think I agree with you. Just just as an aside, what did you make of the, the Nick Blakey seven-year contract? Is it necessary? Like, do we have to give him seven years? Like, not me, but do they have to give him seven years? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, what's wrong with five years or four it, I mean, you, you're preaching to the choir. I really have no idea. I mean, some I, I was listening. I watched both the footy shows last night on on the couch and 360, and the sort of the prevailing sentiment was that he must be a really good bloke, and that's why they've done it. But but <laughs> okay. no one could no one could really you know give me any concrete evidence as to him actually being good like a really good bloke. Or yeah, I, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit stunned by it. I don't you know the fact that Nick Blakey is now the longest tenured player in the AFL until 2031. Um, it's just, <laughs> it just it just I'm a little bit a little bit surprised by it. Um, any other midfielders that that you like the look of? Um, we've already spo- we've already mentioned Lockie Neal. Um, you kind of think he's in that yeah. close to essential range, but not quite essential. Yeah, like he's 100k down on his starting price. Um, scored 157 against the Hawks at the G a couple of years back. Completely bottomed out. He's only in 25% of teams locking in. Mm. Like that feels like it's pretty low. It does. Uh, for a player of that caliber. So, yeah, three round average of 120. You know, I think he's back and, and like super attractive trading option. He came. He came into my team a couple of weeks ago, and it's uh, yeah. It's, he's one of those players that he, I feel like if you don't own him, it's when he goes absolutely ballistic, and it's just impossible to watch him. He's everywhere, he's kicking goals. It's um, yeah. Mm. I've really enjoyed owning Lockie Neal. Would recommend, for the record. Um, Rucks wise, I don't think there's too much to discuss here from a discounted primo standpoint. I, I did. Mm. I, I don't think we've 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 touched on Briggsy enough though. So I did just want to mention. Yeah, Briggsy we should talk again about him a bit really more. quickly. For Charlie's sake, yep. <laughs> exactly for Charlie's sake. Look. I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater or whatever the, the expression is here, but I mean, if Briggsy goes again and has another good week this week, do we have to start thinking about the possibility of him as an R2 for the rest of the year? No. It's the Giants. Like they've got another ruck just sitting in the twos, just waiting for for something. I mean, do they play Melbourne at all? Like, Do they, do they play a team that has two, you know, really good rucks that they might actually bring in another Ruckman. I mean, these are the kind of things that we probably need to look at a little bit more. Yeah. Um, if you are going to seriously consider him as R2, I haven't looked into it. Um, they, they play North Melbourne this week who have yeah. conceded the least points to God, Rucks yeah. in the league um, yeah. by some margin as well. They then play Frio. Sean Darcy mm-hmm. might be back. Luke Jackson will be back, will be playing. Yep. They then play Melbourne. 
Um, oh, there you go. Okay. Not ideal. They then play Hawthorne, Adelaide, Gold Coast again, Bulldogs. So there's nothing really Hawks of note. Good. Uh, Hawks are good at limiting as well. Hawks are good at limiting. Rough. So mm. his next month is really difficult. I mean, we're going to find out one yeah. way or another. I mean, um, it's it's not like anyone's going to be in a rush to, to move in move him on at this point, given the buyer situation. But yeah, she, I mean, he was he was gassed, wasn't he? Like at the end of the oh. The poor, the poor man was was completely cooked at the end of yeah. that game. Um, he, I mean, he tried his guts out, so I'm not yeah. surprised. Uh, yeah. I did see something on Twitter, um, thanks to the Phantom, who said that uh, he's played eight games of VFL or AFL Ooh. this year, Briggsy, and he's turned up in all of them, yeah, um, which is quite something. I think he, I think I also saw someone mention that he was the All Australian ruckman as an under 18. So mm. he's got the pedigree. Uh, he's looked the part. I watched the second half of that GWS Richmond game on the weekend. Couldn't fault him. Some of his tap work was seriously elite. Did you see that one yeah, over, over his head to Tom yeah, Green? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, and that was against no chump as well. I mean, mm. um, yeah, the Nank is a, is, a, is a seriously good ruckman. So, what, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of open to the possibility, Nico. What situation, though? Like, what are you going to do? Trade Marshall? No, I've got Marshall and Briggs. Briggs currently is my R2. Oh, right. So I'm, I'm fielding Briggsy for the next two weeks okay. yeah, and then sort of contemplating what to do with him after that, whether that's time to go to a Wits or an English or or whatever. I, I, mm. I went full balls to the wall last week, yeah, nice. um, which uh, at the moment it's working. But yeah, it's, it's going to leave me in that precarious position of do I sort of upgrade around Briggsy or do I make Briggsy a priority yeah. to get him out? See, when I decided to bring him in, it was always going to be that I flick Madden back into the ruck line and then I bring in Darcy Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, for him. So that that's my plan and, and my vision for him. I don't, I don't see myself deviating from that at the bye. What did you make of Darcy Cameron's game on the weekend just quietly? Because um, it was one of those ones that I was keeping an eye on. I was at, I was at um, top, uh, not top golf. I was at one of the golf simulators smashing balls, sort of keeping half an eye on the West Coast Collingwood game and looked away for about 10 minutes and Darcy Cameron had gone from 30 to 70 and mm. you know finished the game on 109. Yeah, what did you make of that performance? Yeah, he, he seems to score um, in bulk um, patches. Um, so... I think he's got the majority ruck, from what I understand. I didn't see the split. He definitely had more hitouts than Cox. He didn't hit the scoreboard this week, and he still scored about 110. So, I mean, if yeah. he kicks a goal, he's going 120. I think he's eased back into it these last couple of weeks, returning from injury. And I think another week off after King's birthday, Melbourne, I reckon he should be ready to fire post by and be that kind of guy that we sort of anticipated him to be at the start of the year. Yeah, I, I'm I'm huge on Darcy Cameron. Um, we 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 were hot on this pretty early in the season. He he just has a game built for Super Coach. I mean, yep. the fact that he's been off with an injury for a while hasn't changed the fact that he's just a pure Super Coach beast. Yeah, he's got a break even of 81, and he's got Grundy and Gorn this week. So I don't think there's any urgency to move on him now. Just wait for him to have his bye, and then bring him in. Just on the Briggsy thing quickly, is it too late? Is it too late for people that missed the boat on him? Is it too late now? He's gone up 80K. You know, he's oh, going to go up for probably another 50 or 60, 60 this week. Yeah. Is it too late? I think it probably is too late unless for some reason you need an R2. And I don't, I don't know what that situation would be. I mean, if you've still got Darcy. If you're holding Brody Grundy, maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd do it for Grundy. Yeah. Um, but if you're holding... Darcy, he's going to be back next week, so I wouldn't do it. I don't think in that situation either. So, yeah, I think it's very team dependent. 
that, Grundy that down goal. Grundy down to four hundred and fifty six k. By the way, um, Briggsy even, even Br- Gorn. You could go Gorn to him to be honest. Could, if you had Gorn, um, I was looking at Briggsy's projections today. He's he's projected to get to four thirty k by his buy, which is yeah. incredible. Um, so if you if you were holding a Brody a Grundy and a Gorn and you sort of wanted to make you know one hundred and thirty k really quickly, that could be something to look at. Um, forward line, we we've already mentioned Darcy Cameron a little bit. Um, as an underpriced primo option, the only other one that I wanted to look at was uh, was Bailey Smith. Um, it's, yeah. it's really short. Uh, the forward line, it, it's actually really hard to find value here. I was I was looking through and trying to do some prep for this pod, and uh, honestly, really couldn't find anyone that took my eye. Bailey Smith was the only one. He's at four hundred ninety-four k. He's got a break even of one sixty-three, so he's got he's got some more some more leaking of cash to come. Um, have you, did you see some of the stats that came out last night, Nico, about his uh, his kicking efficiency so far this season? Oh, I missed it. No, I think he's he's something like eight um, percent oh, below league average or something. Like he's oh, he's wow. in, in the bottom tier of, of kicking percentage this season. The the on the couch boys showed a montage of some of his kicks on the weekend. Just horrific. Um, like looked like he was trying to pick out Tom Stewart on like three separate occasions, which was, which was not good. Mm. Uh, I, I just I couldn't really find any other forwards that I liked. Am I missing anyone? Yeah, no, I think yeah, value wise, probably not. I don't, I don't think. Um, like, unless you're going to talk about a fife or something now, but it's like, it, it's a good chance. I, I think mm. this is the good chance to talk about um, Nat Fife that we've been waiting for. This was a hot topic of discussion in our SC Playbook contributors chat today. Um, Nat Fife and Elliot Yo were probably the two that we've been talking about. We'll, we'll start with Fife. I mean, yeah, what do you make of where he's at as a player? I think I think he might be over his injury stuff um, and he's going to be building up his midfield minutes as of now. We, that's the talk out of the camp. So what he scored a, a 50 at the halftime game. Sorry, at halftime in, in the last game he played. Mm-hmm. Ran out of a bit of puff. So he's, his fitness base is obviously evolving. Um, he's going to be better for it. He's going to be better for a week off. Um, and so, you know, some more training blocks in yeah i think for what 250k for for someone of five five's caliber if you can use him as an m9 or an f7 for the rest of the season and, and loop him on i think that's a, a pretty good way to go really I, I fully agree now the only again the only caveat to that was when we were discussing it in the chat today everyone's like oh nat five you know he's back he's a, he's a real chance and then i actually looked at his scores and i was like i mean what are you guys talking about he's he's gone three twenties a 49 and a, and a 67 is his season today i know he's been injured i know he's coming back you know I, whatever he's he's, sub. He's i just i just want to see it forward. yeah is it too much to ask that i just, I just kind of want to see it you could see it yeah you could like there's no no rush to bring him in. I know he's got what a twenty or a thirty break even this week. Yeah. What's he going to go up? Maybe thirty k, or he's still probably going to be below three hundred. So still doable if you do want to watch him and not trade this week. <laughs> really, we need three weeks from him. We, we just need him to cover the buys, and yeah, anything post that is going to be a bonus. That's true. Yeah. The interesting thing about both him and Elliot Yo for me is that. I find them so much more attractive as options at this point of the season than I did at the start of the season, um, just because we, we've been backed into a corner. I mean, we don't really have many options when it comes to cash gen. Elliot Yo, like, is is a serious prospect for me, Nico. I've been I've been playing around with it all day today. The Rubik's cube's been going back and forth. How do I get this guy into my team? He scored 125 against the Pies last week. 
He had 73 against Essendon the week before. I think someone said he's, I think he's had 60% center bounce attendances over the last two weeks. He looks fit. He looks ready to go. The Eagles need something. They're going to respond really strongly, you'd think, this week against Adelaide after, you know, copying it from all angles. I'm, I'm really, really into this. The problem is he's at 350K. Yeah. It, it's an extra 100K. There's no DPP as well. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Can you trust his body? Like, I don't, like, I feel like I can trust Fife for three weeks. I don't think I can trust Yo for three weeks. No, three minutes maybe. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The, the spot if it was I'm... the other way around, like the prices were the other way around, I'd, yeah. I'd probably do it. The spot that I'm looking at him for is that sort of D6 role that, that Will Day is kind of playing in my team at the moment, who's at mm. 440K. He's averaging 90 for the season. He's kind of dropped off the map a little bit over the last couple of weeks. I mean, you're making 90K on that trade. Uh, it's, mm. it's, not a, it's not a lot. Um, the ceiling yeah. is probably higher. The floor is probably lower. Yeah. The injury history is probably slightly more um, mm. in, in Day's favour. Yeah. It, it's a really tricky one. I, I, I'm telling you, I, and I can't believe, again, that I'm saying this given how much I potted him in the preseason, but I, I really want to do this. <laughs> well, look, maybe, yeah. Look, it, it's not a horrendous shout. Like, it's it's a it's a decent enough gamble. I don't know. I mean, is it not a decent enough gamble for Will Day to turn things around? Like, all he's got to do is just clean up his ball use. Like, he's getting 110 fantasy points. He's just getting 80 super coach points because he's just kicking it to the opposition every time. So, it's very true. You make a good point. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's worth it. Maybe if you're getting 150K out of the trade, maybe. That, that was my thoughts but, exactly. And I think Bandit sort of mentioned in the chat, he for some reason threw, threw 130K out and I hadn't looked at the prices yet. And I was like, oh, 130 ooh. going data. Yo, I mean, that that's fantastic. Ooh. And then, when it came, when it turned out it was only 90, I was a little bit less keen on it. The only other guy that I wanted to talk about um, specifically related to the Ford line is um, my actual boy, Nick Martin, uh, priced at 482K. He's got a break even of 32. He's got a three-round average of 110. Uh, my God, he was good on the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you subjected yourself to that North Melbourne Essendon game, but holy hell, he was oh, yeah. amazing. I did because I had Zach Merritt captain, so I did watch that. How good was Martin? He's very good. Yeah, he's um, he is a freak. Like, yeah, you guys got him for nothing, didn't you? Like, Absolutely nothing. Yeah, completely yeah. nothing. He, every single club passed on him in the draft the year before, and he it took him another year to get draft. Oh, just, yeah. It's a, it's an incredible story. I, I really can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think I can go there, super coach no. wise, but. Yeah, uh, I honestly, I, I don't hate it from a, um, you know, if you are sort of outside that top 15, 20K, you want to make a move. Um, he's he's only sort of gone up 31K in price so far this season. Pretty reasonable price at 482K. I mean, it's a Zeeble straight. It's a it's a straight swap with Zeeble if, you know, mm. if you're that way inclined. Dons haven't had their buy yet. They played West Coast and North in their last two, um, yep. which says a lot about it. Um, I think we'll leave that one there. Oh, no, we've got a couple more big topics to get to, Nico. Um, last week, uh, me, Dylan, and Charlie put our put our nuts on the line, for lack of a better word, and, and made a few big calls about where we think a few players are going over the back end of this season. And I, I thought it'd be rude not to give you the chance, Nico. So um, in the spirit of last week, I really want to hear from you one player that you think is going to be on the incline over the back um, sort of two-thirds of the season and one player that you think might be might be on the way down. We'll start with the guy on the incline. I'm disappointed you already gave yourself a, a slap because I've written here Redmond 72 as a little reminder. 
<laughs> Underlined and circled it, I'm sure. Uh, bullish. Uh, after the buy, I think the blues are going to click. I don't think some, something's just off at the minute. And I think they're going to click. And I think they're going to start giving Saad the ball because mm. he's going to start breaking the lines and, and getting the pace that they need coming out of defense. And he's going to average about 110 for the rest of the year. And uh, at a 400K price uh, range that he's currently in, he's going to make a mockery of that. So I'm bullish on Saad. Yeah, I, lo- I love that, Nico. And the reason I love it is because I, for the life of me, can't figure out why they're not doing that already. The the On the Couch boys did a great job last night of sort of dissecting why Carlton are 18th in um, mm. D50 to forward line scoring shots or scoring chains or whatever it was. They had, yeah. get this, they, they, the had, weapons, yeah. they had two scoring chains from, in, from inside their D50 last week. Two. They kicked two goals from that. It, it's ridiculous. Um, mm. They simply have to find a way to get Sarda ball, don't they? Yeah, he should be doing what Nick Dacos has done. Like, yep. kick out, get the ball back, go bang. Like, they're already up, you know, the wing half-forward line. Like, it should just be that easy. Something good happens whenever he gets the ball. The only yeah. – I mean, I, I like that. Charlie's line of thinking last week was along a similar line. Yes. The only thing, you know, Nick Odie's Carlton that we're talking about. Mm. I mean, you, you say they have to turn things around. I mean, do they? No, what, no. What evidence I, I, would suggest that they do? Look, I don't want them to, um, but <laughs> – I just feel like I feel like they're not far off. I feel like they've got the weapons in the Definitely. right place, but they they're just something's broken. There's a chain that's broken or a link that's broken, and then they're going to work it out and they're going to be better for it. The beauty of Saad, just looking at his scores quickly, is that he seems to have a really high floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so his low score is a sixty against Collingwood, but apart from that, it's kind of all in that eighty or ninety range, which is not what you want, obviously, from a premium mm-hmm. defender. But if that's the worst that you're going to get from this gamble, I don't think it's a bad one. What about the guy that you yeah. think is is about to fall off a cliff? It's the current. I don't know about falling off a cliff. All right, not okay. not not that extent, but the current total points leader and the current Ooh. leader on average, Marcus Bontempelli. Oh. I'm not convinced he handles niggles all that well. Mm. So I don't know if it was last year. No, it was, might have been the year before where he had a bit of a shoulder yep. and he sort of went missing a little bit. He's just had a hyperextension of his knee. I reckon he could just go about a flat 100 for the rest of the year. Yep. Yeah. So about a 25-point drop. I really like it. I really, really like it. And I think you are correct on Bont not carrying niggles well. And I think it's because Bont's kind of operating at optimal speed for him, his body type, you know, yeah. as it is when he's when he's fully fit. And if he is sort of 1% off, you can really see it in the way he moves. He kind of looks a bit clunky. He looks a bit slow. Um, yeah, don't mind that one at all. 113 points against on the weekend against the Cats. I mean, th- th- I think we'll find out. You, the yeah. truth of that statement very early this week. They play Port at Marvel on Friday night. They simply have to win um, coming off two losses in a row. I think we'll, we'll find out the truth of that big call very quickly, Nico. I love it. It's good mm. stuff in the spirit of the game, trying to pot a few <laughs> blokes. Uh, it's really good stuff. Now, huge time of year for content, Nico, over at the SC Playbook website. So I did want to give our subscription package a bit of a plug. $50 gets you full access to all of our NRL, AFL, and BBL content for the next 12 months. Uh, if you're only interested in the AFL, that's $30. Uh, get that, that subscription gets you extra premium articles every single round, including 
some of your great stuff, Nico, some of the bandits captaincy stuff. It's all really, really good stuff. So if you do want to get involved with that, um, head over to the SC Playbook website. And and the big the big part of that subscription is access to our WhatsApp chat where we have weekly Q&As with subscribers. We chat a bit of trash with the community. Um, we get stuck into each other. Charlie cops the brunt of it, as usual. Uh, it was very, very funny watching him go through the uh, the Briggsy torment. Um, poor old Charlie had, had one of his stinker super coach weeks that he seems to bring out every now and then, which uh, as a neutral observer, I absolutely love. Um, so too much fun potting Charlie. I, don't, uh, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, he, he's not afraid of putting himself out there, which I respect, yeah. but it does leave him very open to criticism. Um, but if you are interested in that package, head over the SC Playbook website and you will find some more details. Nico, we've touched on it briefly. What's uh, what's on the agenda for your team this week trade-wise? Yeah, so maybe the one trade, so maybe somebody like Jay-Z out. I'm going to be looking at the teams closely. If Aaron Hall is dropped, I won't be moving on Jay-Z. But if Bloody Hall is still there, um, I'm probably going to just decide to, to bite the billet, bite the billet, bite the bullet and move Jay-Z on to... So I'd say Lockie Neal with a, with a bit of DPP. I think Sheasel and Zeebel owners are both sort of desperately hoping for that Aaron Hall uh, drop to the twos. It, 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 he, there's only so much cheap bowl that you can possibly get in a team that yeah. loses most weeks. And yeah, both those guys seem to have been affected and by Hall over the last couple of weeks. I was listening to the, the Dr. Supercoach um, boys as well, and they were just saying that Aaron Hall just flat out refuses to pass to him as well. So he... <laughs> All, all he wants to do is just bomb down the line and get get meters gained. That's all he's looking for. He just oh. literally doesn't try and pass it to his teammates. North are hilarious. I, I mm. don't think we spent enough time talking about those Siebel turnovers in the last ten, oh. ten minutes. My <laughs> lord, that one where he just he looked like he was aiming out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't slightly out of bounds. It was like yeah. nearly in the crowd, like on the tit of the person in row C. Like it's like when I'm hitting a dreadful hook on the golf course and sort of aim. <laughs> 100 meters right to try and counteract it. That's kind of what yeah, he was doing. He was, yeah, he was yeah. setting up for the hook. It's so funny. Um, I uh, always go straight. It's nuts, isn't it? Every time, yeah. Always, always. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm tossing up as I mentioned the the Will Data, Elliot Yo trade. Um, at the moment, leaning against it, but yeah, it's, it's just yeah. sitting there. So See, tempting. I've, I've got money in the bank as well, so I, I could just decide to move on Will Day as well. Uh, Interested potentially. So. I'm also looking at uh, Weedle up. I think Weedle's going to go up to Brayshaw is going to be my definite move for this week. And then, yeah, tossing up the second move. I've got a question for you, just mm. on, the, on the fly. I'm 2K short of going Weddle to Neil. Mm-hmm. Should I wait a week and see if Weddle is going to go up more than Neil will this week? Wow. And save myself a trade. Oh, I. And, and this, this is one of those. This is a really good one. I like this <laughs> because I think if you were going to set the line for their prices, I think the line would be dead on them staying yeah. even. Lockie Neal's break even. Lockie Neal's break even is eighty six. Thirty eight for oh, Weddle. Weddle's is thirty eight. Uh, I don't. I don't trust this Weddle scoring run. He he doesn't yeah. look like a, he doesn't look like a scorer to me from a super coach perspective. I know he's had Mitchell, a couple of really good weeks. Mitchell Sicily back in. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are your other options if it's not Neil? <sighs> Brayshaw, but I don't think I'd do it. I think I'd only do it for Neil. I think I don't know if I trust the Freo boys. Sarong's really good, but do I want to pay six hundred k for Sarong now no. when I, I want to bring? Oliver back in. Yeah. So I just, yeah. 
it's a lot to pay for Sarong. Yeah. I feel a lot better about Brayshaw at 580k. Um, He's 30k though. I feel yeah. I, if you gave me Brayshaw and Sarong at the same price, I'd still take Brayshaw. Yeah. He's got mm-hmm. runs on the board. Better player, in my opinion, at this point in their career. He gets yeah. tagged well, though, Brayshaw. He does, um, but he's he, the last three weeks, has uh, he's shown that they they don't affect him as much as I think they did earlier in the season when he was carrying that niggle. Um, yeah. Captaincy, vice-captaincy, Nico? If I bring Neil in, I'm pretty keen to put the VC on him. So, yeah, I'm kind of... Sydney, St Kilda, I don't really want to touch that. No. Bont, as I've mentioned, his knee. I don't know if I want to go there. So I'm kind of looking at that that Hawthorne Brisbane game. Yeah, maybe Dunkley um, as a VC or, or Neil into I like Dawson or Laird against West Coast at home as well. Yeah, we're we're going to get a slight bit of overlap, I think, between that Hawthorne Brisbane game and the Adelaide West Coast game. Uh, they're only sort of two and mm-hmm. two hours and fifty minutes uh, apart from each other. Oh, yeah, I thought it was three hours. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to get a slight bit of overlap. I, I think that's the right play is going a Brisbane player into an Adelaide into an Adelaide player. Um, yeah, I can't really I see. Think that's fine. What that'll be like? What halfway through the last quarter? It, it'll be close enough. VC. Yeah. yeah, you're just going to be have you're going to have to be on the money. So if you, if you are planning to do anything Saturday, Arvo, um, just be prepared to to know that that's that's going to be in play for you. Um, yeah, I think I think Brisbane into an Adelaide player is is just a simple simple could, thing to do. Could be dangerous if you're at the pub. It could be slightly dangerous if you're at the, t- at the pub indeed, or if you're extremely hungover and having a little nap, as I as I plan on being. Uh, now, each round of the season, Nico, we're, we're producing an exclusive SC playbook market of our own through Better. We're extremely excited. We've now got access to integrating official AFL markets on Better. Uh, to follow along with this week's bet, which uh, the Chief Charlie is going to be putting together, um, you can find the link to the market in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au. By going through one of those links, if you are if you are setting up a new account, it'll let Better know that we sent you. So that would be much appreciated if you are making a new account. It's important to remember that you win some, but you lose more. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Last segment, Nico, a couple of quick listening questions to get to. A couple of really good ones this week. Um, Craig, Craig Keel sends through on Facebook, is it time for Day and Sheasel to go? We have discussed Will Day a little bit. Um, yeah, mm. I, I think I'm probably going to err on the side of holding him. I think he's shown enough in terms of winning his ball. I was a little he's, bit concerned to see that his centre bounces were down 30% this week. Mm. His price, I don't think, has fluctuated all too much. He's probably going to just stay around this kind of price. So I think you could just move on him when he has the buy. Yep. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, Sheasel? Probably in a similar boat. I feel like he's sort of holding that sort of mid to, to high 400k price bracket. He might drop below you know 450 maybe this week. Uh, but I think he's, you know, he's around the ball. He's playing midfield. He, he's like two weeks ago, he copped a boot to the face and had a few concussion tests and he was probably on, on his way to another hundred. I think he's just been a little bit unlucky. Yeah. Potentially. Um, so I'm pretty comfortable holding him at least another week. He's he's not going to give you a 50 or a 40. I mean, yeah. a bad Sheasel game is 75 by the looks of things, um, which I think yep. in the scheme of things is 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 definitely preferable to a sort of a Weedle or a, a, a Seamus Mitchell who are going to who are going to throw in 40s every now and then. So uh, look, if those guys are your last upgrades um, and you're in a position where your team is is pretty much full primo, I think get rid of them. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of uh, surely at this point, you know, 10k 
in in price drop from Will Days and gonna is it gonna ruin your ability to upgrade elsewhere? So I, th- I think I'd probably be holding both of those guys, but it is it is definitely worth thinking about. Last question, um, Adrian Butler, uh, would you trade any round fourteen or fifteen buy players to ones coming off the buy? For example, Will Day to Jake Lloyd or Jack Sinclair. I did want to actually touch on Jake Lloyd, Nico, because um, Bandit's been really, really hot on Jake Lloyd for, for quite some time now. And I think um, a few of us were a bit doubtful about Lloyd as a prospect this season, but he's come good, right? Like, I mean, we, we probably have to admit that he, he's, he's now a, a potential top sort of eight to 10 defender for the season. Yeah, yeah. I, their back six has been like so unsettled. Um, which has probably maybe helped him. Um, Rampy's back this week, so you might see a little drop-off potentially from Lloyd. I don't know if I trust him. I think I definitely think he's over the hill in terms of peak super coach um, player performance. So in just because of that, I'll, I think he's yeah he's just declining from now on in my opinion. So I'm gonna pass. What about Jack Sinclair? He's dropped 95K from his starting price this season. He's got a break-even of 78. It's because he's playing average of bloody midfield. Why is he playing midfield? It's so frustrating. It's oh. so, so frustrating. I'm a no on Sinclair, and, and I'll tell you why. He's only had he's had a 160 against GWS. Mm. He, it, otherwise, his last month, he's underwhelming. 71 against Hawthorne, 65 against Adelaide. I don't like it. Do you know why he got 160? <laughs> Was it because he was playing in defence? Because he was playing halfback. <laughs> like, <sighs> look, I, to, to to answer Adrian's question from mm. my perspective, um, I think it's a it's a very good play to be trading round fourteen or fifteen yeah. fire players to people coming off. Strategy's the right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not sure Will Data to right. Jake Lloyd or yeah. Sinclair is is the right move. Um, yep. Yep. I mean, I for me, it's a yeah, for you, Nico. It's a Lockie Neal bringing in Lockie Neal. Um, for me, it's an it's an Andrew Brayshaw. I think probably the midfield is is the line that you want to be bolstering with those guys coming off the bye. I'm not sure if it's the defenders, um, even though the likes of Luke Ryan has been proving me wrong all season. Um, that's about all we've got time for tonight, Nico. Uh, really appreciate your time as always. Been fantastic to see you. Uh, good luck to Love CFC this weekend. Um, Cheers, and good luck to Collingwood. I'm going to find myself in a rare position. I think I'm going to be bar- barracking did, for Collingwood um, this week. Oh, did you hear that Grundy has requested the first bounce of, of Collingwood? <sighs> <laughs> he's got to be doing that just to just to get the, the Collingwood army into a frenzy, doesn't he? Uh, is he going to shush the crowd, do you think, again? Like, <laughs> that worked well the last time. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm on the record. I'm, I'm not a bro- I'm not a Brody Grundy guy. Yeah, um, neither, I'm not. And it, yeah. Go the pies, I say. Look forward to him dropping marks and, and missing some goals. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, well, have a great week, Nico. We'll speak to you this time next week. Cheers, mate. I enjoyed the one-on-one. Thanks.